This is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! As always, we are are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater, headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a fantastic actor. I saw him on stage at the new conservatory, new, oh. new, 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 new conservatory the theater. theater. Yeah. New uh, conservatory theater, theater center. 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 Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not company. Not company. Yeah. Before the sword. And you were just fantastic. Oh. Adam uh, Kube Neiman. Kube Neiman, that's right. I nailed it right you on. You got it. Well, it got in one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you are a fantastic actor. I was just speaking off mic that it reminded me so much of Dead Poet Society. And uh, yeah. you, you know, playing that Robin Williams character. Yeah. The, uh, the teacher also trying to find himself and also teaching something countercultural mm-hmm. that society doesn't want to be taught to their kids. So right. it was really, really fantastic, and you were fantastic. And how are you doing th- today? I'm doing so great. I'm just happy <laughs> to be here. This is, no, uh, hey, it's fantastic. So fun. And you are in rehearsal. You're doing ACT's A Christmas Carol. That's right. That's oh, right. Nice. That'll that open Wednesday. Yeah, yeah we are. we're opening this Wednesday. We're in previews right now. Um, so it feels like we've already opened. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, we're actually official opening on Wednesday. This is my second year doing it. Nice! Um, yeah, yeah, it's really fun. It's a great group of people. I yeah. Mean, you know, the actors I, I, in that Actually, film. I keep hearing more and more people who are doing it. And I'm like, oh. It's I, awesome. I always just think, James Carpenter. It's like, what else do you need? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. You got you got James James Carpenter, Anthony Fusco. Mm. Those two are switching off for Scrooge. Oh, okay. And I mean, it's awesome. And they, you got two different shows every night. You know? Wow! Wow! wow. No, no, that is very very cool. Uh, Norman, as I begin our podcast, how was your two weeks? Because we've been away for a while. <laughs> yeah, we have, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I don't know. My mom. Your mom's my mom in town. Just got in tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, twisted. Uh, what is it called now? Twisted. The, I call it the Twisted Holiday Show. It's the Hitchcock Christmas mm-hmm. uh-huh. that we're doing with Playground. Uh, we were supposed to open tonight. <clears throat> we are opening tomorrow. Tonight gotcha. is going to be our dress rehearsal because mm-hmm. we had a COVID scare. Oh. We're still in that yep. era. Yeah. So um, that's been crazy. And then on top of it, there's another Christmas show. Uh, Playground's Christmas regular monthly Christmas show will be the Monday right after. Oh, yeah, that'll be interesting. We do all this, so I was just looking at the very Hitchcock Christmas. There's just a cavalcade of artists that we've worked with. I mean, oh, it's amazing. There's Jim, well, of course, Jim is directing Santa on a Rope. Jeffrey Lowe has written a piece. Mm. Katja Rivera's directing. Mm-hmm. Linda Hamayo Hassan is directing. Eli Sonny Orkiza, I want to get him back on the show. He's directing. Uh-huh. Crystal Piamonti's in, Letitia, Gwen Loeb, Marissa Wanless, Kari Moy. Yeah, no, it's it's all over. There's Walking in the room for the first run-through mm-hmm. was like, oh, you're then. Oh, you're. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's almost like a family reunion. No, it's awesome. I love that. Yeah. yeah Robert Sicular is in it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's of that James Carpenter era of actors. I'm like... Wow, we can't wait to see what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, and I love the energy of telling the Christmas story, but in a different way. It doesn't have to be all, you know, I mean, Christmas Carol's fantastic, but there's an audience who wants well, a, yeah. little, a, little, a little weirdness. I mean, Christmas Carol, you know, no one knows what's going to happen in the story, you right. know, it's, it's always fresh. <laughs> <laughs> We've only heard it for the last 50 some odd years, right? Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so. no, it's been it's been wild, and I don't know I don't know how I feel about that part of it. But um, when you mention it to people, they get excited. So mm-hmm. good, we should have yeah some nice crowds. Yeah, you have Christmas, you know, from a cultural perspective and then a countercultural perspective. Mm-hmm. So there's a little mm-hmm. bit for everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is very counter. This is um, I mean Hitchcock. Oh lordy. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. So that should that should be awesome. Um, there have been some. So I'm glad. And we've met because uh, we met after Thanksgiving, correct? Yes. Luchin. Yeah, yeah. We had Luchin Baker around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was two weeks ago. No, that was fantastic. Um, there have been some current events uh, going on. Uh, um, the guy is George Santos is out, <laughs> which yeah. we sort of knew was going to happen. Uh, it was like a brick that was slowly falling in, you know, and mm-hmm. finally that's done. Now, <laughs> I want to ask you guys, I mean, I try not to approach serious, serious stuff, but Ethan Crumbly, so there was another shooting, a mass shooting that happened. Oh, uh, the 17? This no, week. not the 17-year-old. Yes, this is the 17-year-old. The, another That, that shooting happened a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is he will be the first person since 2012 Basically, seventeen years of age, he will be he will be sentenced to life without parole. Mm-hmm. The very first person under the age of eighteen to be pros- to be sentenced that way. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, what he committed was a horrible crime. I do wonder, right. it, you know, an eighteen a child. I mean, yeah. you know, what he did was horrible, but really, a child's mind is not really developed. I mean, do we mm-hmm. always squeamish about putting someone for life? You know, because we put people in jail for life. Because they're a threat to society. Right. Can a 17-year-old, when he's 27 or 37, can he, you know, be reformed or or whatever? Or, I mean, I, do we have any thoughts about this at all? I'm, I'm anti, I'm just anti the whole carceral system. So, I, yeah. I don't see how society is served. I understand <clears throat> removing danger. Totally get that side of it. Right. But the rest of it, and especially... Having just been in San Quentin in the last year... That's right. Each one reach one. Uh, no, not each one reach one. No, each one reach one is just it's a juvie. Yeah. Uh, no, um, this was uh, Red Ladder. Oh, nice. Who goes to a bunch of the jails. And you deal with these guys. Now, even before I did the program, I'd already been reading about this. And I know... The, oh, you know what it was? was COVID. When people started pointing to the facts. Mm-hmm. Recidivism of people over 50 years old. Yeah. It doesn't really happen it's you know the numbers are insanely small so how are we served by keeping that person in prison for the rest of their lives but even beyond that i'm just like isn't there something better we could do i mean yeah we don't have an australia anymore we can't (laughs) send them away but um yeah it just seems we're housing human beings i I don't see that not to mention that it seems like um, i mean if this is a violent young person who then is going to a violent carceral system seems like that's going to encourage more violence in this person's life yeah right and i was thinking about the play that you did um before the sword really you're a teacher mentoring a child who is going through a lot of hormonal stuff and there's a lot of, you know, just questioning about himself. And, and I, he also expresses violence in that play, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Because he's undergoing violence through his father. Yeah. You know, his father's punishing him. Right. So, really, I mean, that's parallel to what a lot of young folks go, go through right now, especially young boys. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, um, so, I mean, how do you feel? And really, it sort of says, well, he's the issue, not the gun that he bought that he should have never bought. Not, right. the, not the gun, not the society he's in that is pushing him to a place of extremism in his yeah, head. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that? Okay. Yes. That, you're, you're good. Okay. Um, yeah, not, not, the, not the issues of the, the greater water that he swims in, right? Right, exactly. And, uh, and, and it's just horrible. I mean, um, and you have two kids, right? I mean, they're they're young, they're toddlers. I've right? got one kid and a second on the way. Gotcha. So yeah, nice. yeah, the next one's coming in April. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think about that stuff? Uh, you know, as far as the society that you're raising him or your child that you have now. Uh, right now is a daughter. So, okay. um, but yes, uh, just, I mean, I don't know how you can avoid thinking about the society we're in uh, yeah. and thinking about that. Because you want the best for your kids, and you want them to do well, but you also want to make sure that they're not causing, they're not sure. causing harm, sure. right? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, my daughter's only three now, so it's uh, you have time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right now, it's more about, about that singing songs in the car, and <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And um, another uh, issue that's happened. Um, there's a lot of anti-Semitism. I was reading an article in the Washington Post where uh. there are a lot of individuals. This is the sec. I think the third day of Hanukkah. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, and there are a lot of Jewish people who do not want to celebrate openly. They don't want right. to put their candles on the windows mm-hmm. because there's been a lot of um, anti-Semitism. And, and it all stems mm-hmm. from the Israel-Hamas conflict that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. I was very glad that there was a brief ceasefire, but mm-hmm. that's over now. Mm-hmm. And people are taking these extreme sizes. Like, well, if you're pro-Israel, that means you're totally anti-Palestine or anti-Hamas, anti-Palestine. Mm-hmm. Or if you're pro-Palestine, you have to be totally anti-Jewish or <laughs> yeah. anti-Semitic. There's no reason we have to go through these extremes. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think most of us don't, but it's hard to have the conversation without finding yourself caught. Yeah. It's a famously easy conflict, you know? <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, It's not like it's ever been a decades-long mm-hmm. thing that's, that people have been pulling their hair over. Well, right, uh, exactly. You know. <laughs> but it's like that little flame that, you know, it's dormant until something sparks it, like a conflict yeah. like this. And you yeah, wonder, wow, these are neighbors that I've, you know, hang out with all the time, and all of a sudden now I see where you, you know, where you stand, and... It, you know, it becomes horrible. It, you know, even after this whole, you know, I'm sure a year from now or hopefully two years from now, this is all over. But I'm sure someone who is Jewish who may have heard a horrible comment online yeah. from a friend of theirs, like, wow, okay, so it's oh, over. Yeah. But, you know, who are you really? Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, so that's, yeah, that's a horrible thing. And uh, the last thing. Norman, what other what other horrible things do you have? <laughs> no, no, Norman Lear passed away. And Norman oh, Lear yeah. is something, something yeah. near and dear to my heart. I mean, when I think of good times, yeah. when I think of all in the family, mm-hmm. all of these, you know, it's. It, I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, I grew up in the 70s, Generation Xer. Yeah. And there was a bit of a war of uh, culture. You know, sure. it was immediately after the hippies and you had television and what your vision of America was depended upon what you watched on TV. Right. Is it either the Brady Bunch, mm. you know, this wonderful you know, nuclear family and conservatism and, yeah. you know, it wasn't Reagan just yet, but, you sure. know, it was getting close to, you know, you know, this is how a family should be. Yeah. But then you have mm-hmm. Taxi and then yeah. you have WKRP in Cincinnati or then you mm. have um, All in the Family to talk about these issues. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing a black family on TV for the first time. Mm. Good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's what Norman Lear gave to yes. us. So I have wonderful members of Norman Norman Lear. Lear. Yeah. I think I think he understood something about art, which is that you can <clears throat> use it to help 
to change people's minds. You can use it to. Right. I always think of it like a Trojan horse. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, ah, include, you include yeah, something. Yeah, you you, you uh, uh, in sugar with your medicine. If it's yeah. if it's a comedy, if it's fun, mm-hmm. then you can right, exactly. sort of think about the hard yeah. things. And also, I mean, you know, us being in the theater community, either theater is just to entertain and not delve into any of serious subjects or whatever, yeah. or deal in a very light way, or you have theater where it really does directly deal with it head on. And yeah. I feel Norman Lear, he not only did that, but he also created what was called, um, oh, shucks, I had it written down. I don't have it written down anymore. But he created a political action committee oh, to, right. yes. to combat against the um, the religious right that was happening mm-hmm. in um, in the 80s. Right. Um, you know, because, you know, you had a lot of Christian organizations who tried to push Christian conservative laws and it began in the Reagan administration, and Norman Lear said, hey, this is a problem. We can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't just a writer and a director and a producer, but he really did care about just American values and democracy. Yeah. So individuality. So there you go. Any memories of Norman Dealer? Like, you know, oh, I'm sure I'm, you watch Good Times. Like you, I, I grew up on those shows. Now, what I would love to point to is when he turned 100, Yeah. he spoke and he wasn't doing any big public thing for the celebration um but he just took the chance he took the opportunity to speak and it was amazing to hear him sound as you know he had his finger on the pulse just as much now as he did 50 years ago mm-hmm. um and yet there was also a i don't know a lightness like i heard rob reiner talk the other day and he very quickly got on his soapbox. Mm-hmm. And, and Norma would have liked this. And Norma would have liked this. And I'm like, dude, don't speak for somebody else. If mm. if you want to talk about him, talk about him. If you want to say that these are things he cared about, that's great. But when you're on your soapbox, that's where, you know. And I didn't feel like Norman Lear ever did that. Right. I felt like he spoke from the heart. Mm-hmm. And he spoke with a very clear head. And yeah, he made shows until he got to that point where it was like, um... Not trying to push the envelope. That's mm-hmm. not. I don't want to be like Quint, um, uh, Tarantino. Quint yeah. Tarantino, yeah. you know, is, is sort of a victim of his own success. Mm-hmm. You can't sure. go see a Tarantino film without expecting Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. and Tarantino you provo- lose your message. Exactly. Tarantino becomes provocative, even when it's no need for it. I mean, I've seen so much mm-hmm. violence. You know, like you know, the last couple of Tarantino movies. Yeah, a woman gets mm-hmm. killed excessively like shot 58 or whatever times almost for comedic you know mm-hmm. sure comedic right. comedic um you know f- for purpose just for the laughs and i got the sense that norman lear really took his art seriously hey he we're going to address these issues that are happening in the world i know conservative america and we're going to lose some sponsors i don't care right this is more important right so oh he said in that. the first uh, in the first episode of all in the family um, they Edith and Archie come home and they catch um, I forget even Sally Meathead Struthers. is what I want to say yeah. Sally Struthers is what, I'm like I can't remember the characters names yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Meathead yeah. Sally Struthers Gloria uh, I think Gloria yeah. they catch them and she's like he's got her up they're fully dressed but the idea is supposed to be that they're they were making out. out Yeah, and that the producers were like no you can't put that in and he's like "You're put, we're putting that in or you're Canceling the show, mm-hmm. and he said, "I felt like if he lost that battle, that would be it for the rest of the show." And yeah. after that, they stopped. And that was a little thing to fight over, given all the issues that they eventually touched on. Yeah, yeah. wow. And it's fascinating. And we'll get into an origin story with you because I'm sure folks are like, "Okay, we're going to talk about theater." Yeah. But, okay, come but, on, come on. 
all of the family started out as being very, very liberal. Mm-hmm. And then it transitioned to Archie Bunker's place, where all right. of a sudden Archie Bunker becomes this cuddly, mm-hmm. almost teddy bear-like character yep. representing conservative values. Almost they co-opted this racist meathead. Well, but he softened. He softened. Yeah. Because, you know, Edith dies. Right. I'm sure Gene Stapleton was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I got to move on doing other that things. That had to be a hard role. Her role, his role is a lot yeah. of fun. Hers is, but Archie. Exactly. And she was such an intelligent uh, actress <laughs> mm-hmm. who had to play this, you know, this dimwit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, she she did it well. She did it wonderfully. And of course, she's she's parodying, you know, conservative mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. So in any case, no, it's, it's interesting. And uh, God bless Norman Lear and... You know, we're going to miss him. In any case, an origin story. Adam bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born... Uh, I, I want to go into, like, comic book origin story. And be like, <laughs> ah, there we go. That's when, and that's when I vowed revenge. Uh, <laughs> the radioactive spider. Yes. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, so I was actually born in San Francisco, but Yay! I was not... Uh, yeah, but I wasn't raised here. So, uh, you know, half points. Um I moved around a lot, uh, kind of bi-coastal, the West Coast and East Coast, wow. and went to high school in New Jersey, Okay. Well, and, okay. Then, and then came came out here for college and mm. stuck around. Yeah. Mm. Where, where college? I uh, came for UC Berkeley, yeah. so hey, majored damn. in theater and film. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, siblings? I have two younger brothers, yeah. Okay, so you're the oldest. I'm the oldest. I'm the All oldest right. boy. Yes. All right. Uh, are they also involved in theater? They are not involved in theater. No. Um, they they are involved in arts in okay. different uh, ways. Yeah. My middle brother is a conductor um, for orchestras. Nice. An orchestral conductor. Uh, yeah. Um, my youngest brother was always more into athletics growing up. Okay. So football in particular. Yeah. And is now into writing his own music um, and is yeah. navigating that world also. Yeah. Very nice. So how did uh, I mean? Were you the type of kid who went to who did uh, you know theater shows? Like, were you involved in theater when you were I don't know, 10, 11, 12? I I I was a kid. I didn't really find theater that young. Okay. I, I think um, my so my dad used to be an opera singer actually. Wow. So uh, the arts were always sort of Im- imbued in us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I would say it was more film that was exciting to me as a young person. Okay. I would just like watch TV shows, movies. I still do. And I would just quote them, and I would, yeah. you know, my oh. first performances were just reciting SpongeBob episodes for my parents <laughs> in the car. That's right. very cool. <laughs> I was just like, I've got that chocolate episode down. Yeah. Um, and and um, but then in high school, so in middle school, I actually signed up to do wood shop and they were full and okay. then my second choice was hmm. the the n- not quite theater class hmm. it okay. was it was like speech and drama or what, I don't even remember the name was sure, but we sure. did like monologues and okay. I was like oh this is okay mm-hmm. um, then in high school there was a production they were doing a, a show and I was like oh I should I guess I should audition it mm-hmm. was sort of fun and then even though I didn't I was doing a high school musical uh-huh. which I did not care for okay. but I just wanted to be on stage sure and then at that point I was like oh this is fun to do like yeah. I don't even I didn't really like the show but I like do, being up there yeah, and doing the thing very you know? nice yeah. and you made a decision to now when you went to college yeah did you did you enter was your major theater it, it was. So I majored in theater and in film. I was double major. Okay. But I didn't know going in that I wanted to do that. So I came in and I was like, I want a, a good undergraduate degree. Sure. I'm like just kind of, I love just a lot of whatever. Right. Um, 
I knew that I liked acting. I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. Right. And then I did first semester, didn't do any theater. Mm-hmm. Second semester auditioned for they were doing Sweeney Todd in the, the oh, wow. student production. Yeah, and so I played Judge Turpin. Hey, there at, you go. You got your throat slashed. Eighteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, good. Because the first semester I was like, this isn't quite what I thought college would be. And then I did theater, and I was like, yeah. oh, this is what I wanted. Yeah. And then I just did theater the entire time and realized, oh, this yeah. is what I, my job. I when want. I when I think of Sweeney Todd, especially Judge Turpin, oh, I think yeah. of opera, and I'm thinking about your dad. Does yeah, that connect you. I mean, was your dad excited? Like, oh, wow, you know, let's oh, see the score. Totally. And, yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's oh. it's funny. So my dad was very excited that we we're, were doing Sweeney Todd and that I was doing D- Turpin. And uh, it's fu- so my dad, he's no longer an opera singer. He's now a pilot for United. Wow. Um, uh, but but before that, both of his parents were opera singers as well. Mm-hmm. So um, he comes from a line of opera singers. So sure. my grandma saw the show mm-hmm. and in this small black box basement theater mm-hmm. she was like 10 feet away from me and i'm singing these hor- i'm like whipping myself and like you yeah, know, that song, we did that they, song they usually they delete oh that yeah song. baby hey yeah. that's fantastic oh no no it was very fun and also wild to do 10 feet away from your grandmother <laughs> when you are <laughs> orgasming on stage do you know the, do you know the song norman <laughs> no i do not he's lusting over his uh daughter well his ward slash daughter, daughter yes. adopted daughter and he's having these, you know, these. It's amazing. Stonheim himself even wrote it. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's singing about Joanna and how she looks, you know, but underneath her sh- uh, her uh, her dress and all of that stuff. And then he catches himself. No, no, no! God deliver me! God deliver me! And he, and he whips himself. And yeah. Then, and then self-lacerating Son- himself. Sondheim wrote in. He was so excited that yeah. this would be the first orgasm on a Broadway stage. Yeah. Whipping himself to climax. Uh-huh. And then they cut it. And he was like, Ah, oh, I wished. But it's yeah, <laughs> but but your production did it. And, we did it because we're in college. Come on, right? Good. <laughs> so now you we're talking about your dad. So your dad was involved. Yes. So, so yeah. So I. So not only was my dad involved, but I did a voice lesson with my grandmother. Nice. Um, so we like did we did that. so even though I was really I was like this is a weird thing to do with my grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very excited for it because that yeah. was, I mean, voice. She understood it. Was like yeah. some people have families where there's a little bit of like a the unfamiliar, the prickliness of sure. like, what are you're putting on this character? Does that mean that's you? Does that mean exactly? Right? There's exactly. never any of that. It was always so clear. Yeah, and so supportive for my family, but it was so so clear. Oh, this is yeah. You're doing the character right. Great. Great. No, no, that is fantastic. Yeah. Now, did you get a recording? Because when I think of, you know, my, my dad is now 70, I want to say 78 yeah. now. And I have all of his recordings because, you know, every time that I wrote a song for yeah. him and whatever. So huh. those are those are like jewels. I'm hoping yeah. that you got a recording of you, you and your grandma uh, before she passed. Did I, she pass away? She did pass away. Yeah. Um, I, I, we didn't get a recording of that voice lesson. Okay. Um, but I, I know there are recordings of her performances. Oh, good. And um, of my dad's performances. And I got to see him perform for the first time in 20 years. Wow. Uh, last year. Hey. Which is really cool. Oh, so he's yeah. still doing it. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he, he's, he sort of, um, so he was, uh, he, he still yearly performs uh, high holy day services in a nice. synagogue uh, mm-hmm. in, in New York. They yeah. still live in New Jersey. Yeah. And um, so he does that regularly. Uh-huh. But he also picked up doing a performance of this opera mm-hmm. that was uh, unfinished, but it was Sacco and Vanzetti. Okay. Uh, wow. Based on the trial of Sacco and Vanzetti mm-hmm. from the early uh-huh. the early 1900s. Interesting stuff. I won't go too into it. But the yeah. coolest thing was just seeing my dad perform. Yeah. And... 
And now being a professional actor, not only knowing he was a good singer, I knew that. I've always known that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But seeing like, oh, he's a good actor too. I'll yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like he's just a, he's a very goofy guy. And yeah. then to see him play this role that was just like, shh, mm-hmm. dead, dead, serious, yeah. grounded, yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that easy to watch, grounded right. quality. Mm-hmm. I think that's so challenging to do. And to see him, I was like... I didn't know you could act as well as you sing. Dang wow. it! I, I thought I had something on you, but no. Dang it! <laughs> Did you and him ever? Do you and him ever talk about? I don't know technique, even acting technique. Like I don't know. Um, totally. Yes. That's he, fantastic. Uh, all, well, he'll see. He, my parents have again super supportive. They mm-hmm. often see the shows. They've seen almost every show that I've done, and um, <laughs> my my dad is uh, infamous in the family for uh, his his. Uh, uh, Poloniousness. Um, it's, oh. it's a long-winded ah, response. Ah, okay, okay. Um, but um, uh, so I often look forward to a conversation about how important it is to be present and to be present-minded. Sure, and I'll be sure, like, sure. Yeah, and but don't forget to be present. But yeah. no, 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 but no, but you, but no, but Norman, you need to be present. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, speaking about technique, I mean, what yeah. techniques did you learn when you were in college? Like Stanislavski, I'm sure that was the basic Stanislavski, stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of it based on Stanislavski, and I would say the original Stanislavski, not the Americanized version of it. So, okay, like yeah. a lot of mm. and and Uta Hagen was a was okay. core for okay. the training as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Studied with Chris Harold and Laura Dolis, who are both amazing actors and mm-hmm. great teachers. Chris mm-hmm. Harold. Chris Oh Harold. my God, I yeah. haven't heard that name in forever. I think he's retiring this year from Ooh. Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got amazing people working there now at Cal. I know. I that, think I oh. got to do a show or two. Oh, did you? With um, he was back. This is way back. Uh, yeah. Company uh, Thick Description. I think he got to do maybe a couple of shows with him. That's awesome. Oh, Chris was uh, the person I would credit Chris was as being the person who made me realize I can be an actor professionally. Hmm. Like mm-hmm. his classes were so inspiring, but he mm-hmm. was also the one who was like, "Oh, you." The, I I signed up. I did the ACT Summer Training Congress, which he was leading uh-huh. at the time, mm-hmm. and it was at his behest. I took his class, and he was like, "Hey, you should sign up for this." And I was like, "Okay." And then I did it, and I was like, "He just articulated things in a way where I made it. It made it." seem real it was an actual career yeah it wasn't just mm-hmm. this fun thing that i do sometimes as a hobby yeah it was like no this can be the thing that i actually throw my whole self into yeah so. now, th- those are great teachers though they're, yeah. they're teachers who break you down and we've talked sure. about those mm-hmm. and we've had a lot of folks on the yay talk about their horrible experience <laughs> doing sure. theater um in school uh but then you have the teachers who are like hey You've got something, yeah. and they inspire you, and they give you the the techniques, enough techniques so that you know what how to handle complicated characters. We've had this debate yeah. about whether you need to go to school or not go to school, and sure. some people are like, no, you don't need to, and some you do. Uh, how, how do you come – what do you think? I, I mean, whatever works for you. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think some people are going to respond really well to school, and yeah. some people are going to respond really well to, to working. For me, I, I – Went to school and I auditioned for a bunch of MFA programs and didn't get a callback to any of them. Uh-huh. And so I was like, A, that felt brutal. But then right. B, I felt like, well, okay, maybe this is a sign that I should try something else. Maybe mm-hmm. I should just try working. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting into the role of it and I just kind of kept getting roles, kept getting work. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, I'm going to be learning on these jobs anyway. So right. I don't know that I need to go to school right. if I 
as long as I frame the, my experiences, my professional experiences, mm-hmm. as still learning. Because yeah. if I'm not growing, then I'm not interested. Like, right. I, But I want to be learning something from every production that I'm doing. I still try to do that. Mm-hmm. And I uh, it even... Sometimes it, it, the lesson is more um, uh, uh, like logistical. Sure. Right? Sure. Like sometimes the lesson is like, oh, I should just yeah. organize my life better. <laughs> or, or something. No, 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 no. That makes perfect sense. And sometimes We're, it's deeply artistic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of times when I approach a role or a production, the, you know, the surface part of it is just really just, um, um, what, what do you call it, uh, administratively or you, yeah. you know, just making sure that I have my basics correct. Like yeah. I'm learning my lines correctly sure. and the blocking and then, you know, the artistic stuff comes a little bit later. And then if I'm lucky, then I will get a little something new from, let's say, a director like – a director that, I, that I've always loved working yeah. with is Susan Evans who's no longer around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she will – well, no things. longer here. She's no longer here. Of course, <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, well, she's on the West Coast. Like, what she's on the East Coast now. <laughs> East Coast. East but in, Coast. But in any case, she not would, heaven, not yet. She would bring in, <laughs> let's say, gesture work. Yeah. Or let's say, um, I don't know, no technique. N O H. And it's like, you know, us actors are like, okay, this is strange. This is something I've never yeah. done before. Mm-hmm. And some of us jump right into it, and some are very resistant. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, I know I can't work with you because, you know, you're. You know, I'm giving you direction, and you and you're fighting back or whatever. So, sure. so, so you have that. I always like some freshness. I always like something like like I love like theater games and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I oh, just gosh, like yes. I like um, uh, it, it's so easy to get into a, a rut of a thing sure. in a run, for example, sure. right? And mm-hmm. just how do you stay listening? How do you stay yeah. present? How do you? Stay, <laughs> I'm becoming my dad. How do you stay? And you know, how do you? How do you? Uh, mm-hmm lock in with the other people on stage and yeah. find something new fresh every night you know it's funny you mention that because when I watched Before the Sword yeah you you incorporate a lot of physicality yes in, in your work and I don't know if a lot of that was working with the director um, I forget the Ed, name Ed Decker Ed Decker yeah Ed's amazing yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah who's the artistic director also artistic uh, yeah. director yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly so I don't know if he said hey I want you to go here or go there or if you were allowed to just improvise and do you know, yeah, physical things. Ed was so open mm-hmm. and so um, supportive as a director. Um, I was I wasn't sure because I hadn't worked I'd worked at uh, NCTC before, mm-hmm. but I hadn't worked with Ed, and so I was hoping it mm-hmm. would be as great as it seemed because I I was like he's so wonderfully nice mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. knowing him, um, and it was all that and more. I mean, it really he supported like all the decisions and weirdness that I brought in uh, a lot of that the gesture work I would say was generated by me like there's just a lot where I just felt like there <clears throat> I, I, I in fact I got to the point where he started being like all right let's let's pull back the gestures a little well bit. sure you know what I mean well, it's easier to pull back then to easier you know, to pull back yeah. 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 yeah and to give a little bit of context sure. so before the sword is basically a story that happens immediately after World War Two there just before World War Two just after before, World War One oh, thank you yeah okay okay in between I don't know why I thought after World War okay but in any it's, case that's fair yeah but you're a teacher and for whatever reason you're living in the woods yeah so this is actually huh. based on the real guy T.H. White uh, T.H. Oh, okay, White yeah. the author of The Sword in the Stone yeah. and the Once and Future King series mm-hmm. yeah, um, Arthurian yeah the Arthur- Arthurian legend yeah mm-hmm. and T.H. Uh, White also lived in the woods he, huh. this is a true, true mm-hmm. he lived on his own he lived mm-hmm. in the woods at one point then later in life he lived on an island mm-hmm. um, he did not really live with people he 
uh, he while he was out there, he did all these things. He hunted. He he did. Um, he worked with hawks, mm-hmm. as we see in the show. Yeah. Um. And he he fished. He did all these outdoorsy things. Mm-hmm. And and he wrote. And that's how he created this story. Now, in the play of Before the Sword, which right. is like Before the Sword because of the sword and the stone, right. mm-hmm. it imagines a fictional relationship with a younger person who becomes a, uh, he becomes a mentor to. Right, Because exactly. he was a teacher. Yeah. He was a teacher. Because the, stu- the student dropped out of school because, that's right, he attacked a boy with a knife. That's right. Well, with a pencil. He with a pencil. He stabbed someone in the eye with a pencel. Right, exactly. Oh. And because the boy yeah. is flashing out because of the abuse that he's getting at home right. from his father, who... Right. Who is a veteran? I thought he was a veteran of World War II. He's a veteran of World, World War, War One. Yep. Got it. Shell Damn. Shock. Uh, so the, it introduces a lot of things and of course the parents wanting an education for their child yeah. finds you as a mentor or yeah. the character as a mentor right. thinking well he's going to get a proper education and we can get him back into school and back on track right um, but T.H. But, White is not interested in proper education. He's exactly. not interested in the proper way. He's interested in unlocking, finding who this person actually is. That's right. How we can actually support him. Mm-hmm. And it was really, I mean, one of the things that I found so lovely was just that this is like a positive male role model. Mm-hmm. N- mm-hmm. Not exclusively. He's got his own flaws. He's got he's got sure. plenty of flaws. In, but like, I, I've... Uh, portrayed a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of very negative characters mm-hmm. and so it was nice to have a person who has like a strong central moral core yeah um, I, it also really nice to have someone that's based on a real person who's written things mm-hmm. right and I, I'm I was actually curious Norman how, how you lock in with this because um, I know you do a lot of work with James Baldwin um, and just I found that with th white mm-hmm. that the text of the play, Oh, I can connect this line to because I, I read all of the all of the books and I read his his um, biography. I love mm-hmm. that that work. I love like reading things for right. the, that. Yeah, kind of and, and then I have an absolute question that I asked both of you because yeah. you have a real character. Yeah, but you're there's a basically you have to partition between borrowing from the actual history yeah. and creating a character of your own because right. you don't want to let's say mimic James Baldwin right exactly right. or mimic that you know that fictional character right. not fictional character but the real, the real character. person so finding the balance between fiction creating your character mm-hmm. and truly honoring you know the, right. the other individual yeah I was scared of it growing up yeah and even early career the idea that you you know like am I going to play Martin Luther King I don't look like Martin Luther mm-hmm. King how am I going to play Martin Luther King yeah mm-hmm. um, I've come to believe that you really look for the core of the character, and that's what you. Um, what's his name? Is uh, doing um, Leonard Bernstein now. Oh, yeah. oh right, right, right. Um, that's the Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. yeah. The images are incredible. So that's makeup, yeah. but it's and not I, makeup. It's acting. It's the guy who's playing Baird Rustin. Oh, Coleman. Yeah. Well, I don't know that Coleman looks much like Baird Rustin, mm-hmm. but my point still stands. There's something you, as an actor, have to do to yeah. bring the character to life, and if you're really understanding who this person is you're playing, or at least within the story that you're telling, hopefully that comes through. I think yeah. that's more important. I remember meeting an actor who, God, I think his name was James Brown, but he looked like Muhammad Ali. Mm. What a weird combination. And unfortunately, <laughs> was just not a skilled, uh, to be kind about it, was not yeah. a skilled actor. But every time I saw him, I'm like, somebody's got to do a Muhammad Ali yeah. story. You've got to. Biggest mistake in the world. Don't worry about the look. Yeah worry about what somebody can actually bring to it. Yeah. yeah. So, but same thing you were saying about the Baldwin. Uh, we just worked on a bunch of the poetry and 
As I'm trying to unpack this poem, yeah. I'm thinking about who is James Baldwin and what does this mean to him? Yeah. And that's what we brought to life on stage. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody came to me and said, that's not James Baldwin, I'd be like, well, we tried to serve the material as best we yeah. could. That's all There's I There's actually a quote of T.H. Weiss in an interview mm-hmm. later in life. He's talking, he's like on his island mm-hmm. and there, someone's like, how do you feel about... So, because Camelot was based on his work right. as well, yes. right? Um uh, and as well as the Disney Sword in the Stone. Mm-hmm. And they were like, how do you feel about these people adapting your stuff and adapting, mm-hmm. like, a lot of you? Like, have, you know, and he, <laughs> he was like, well, you must not... If, if a painter is painting your face... You, don't don't tell them that your brow doesn't furrow like that. You know, he's like he's like you're not supposed to look over someone's shoulder and tell right. them what to do. Let let right. the artist be the artist. Right. And so I felt like that gave me permission to make him yeah. not a uh, uh, a historical th white, but right. I, right. I brought a lot of Merlin in because like Merlin, you the character, really did. Oh, yeah. Because I think yeah, he yeah. brought himself to Merlin, but mm-hmm. then I was also like, all right, well, I'm going to bring Merlin mm-hmm. back into him. Yeah. Right. You know, um, which was fun, like that that mishmash, mm-hmm. like that's what I mean, like. Knowing their work, knowing their creative interior life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is a, is a particularly exciting thing because then you whatever sparks me, the actor Adam, mm-hmm. by the work of Th White, yeah. then the work can inspire the person it, exactly. rather than vice versa. Normally, it's the person creates the work, and mm-hmm. now this I'm using the work to make the person. I think yeah. that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the Richard Wright project that you know several years ago when yeah. I when you had me portray Richard Wright. Mm-hmm. Because I did a little bit of research, mm. but also I saw so much of my dad in mm-hmm. Richard Wright, and um, you know just the struggles that Richard yeah. had to go through. You know, struggling writer trying to you know push his you know worldview, right, uh, and also Pan Africanism, yeah, to the world, and frustrated because you know no one's reading his writings, and and you don't necessarily have to understand how he felt, but how does it feel to be you know, a writer and you're trying to push, you know, your ideas and less and less people are listening to you because the world is moving on. There are new artists or whatever. Right. So there are little things you can find to connect to, mm-hmm. which will motivate you as an actor. Yeah. And a director will say, yeah, that's in the right direction. I hadn't thought about that. Either. Right. Yeah. No, that was definitely because listening to like tape and, and film yeah. of Richard Wright, I was like, oh, God, no, I don't want to put this guy on. You know, like many writers, he just doesn't speak well. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, geez, no, I'm not interested in bringing this person to an audience. It's not the story I want to tell. I could see telling that story. What would be fun mm-hmm. is to show the power of his writing mm-hmm. and then contrast that to who he really is. That That's could pretty be fascinating. Fun. Yeah. yeah. But and it's the, a different story. Yeah. yeah. And the fun thing about your role when you did Before yeah. the Sword, even in the very beginning, we're seeing, and of course, the set was just magnificent. Oh yeah, they killed it with that set. I was, I was honestly going when I first yeah. read the script. I was like, "How is this going to work? Right, How exactly. are you going to do all of these short scenes?" And, and when you have a set, when you have a set, when you have like it. a tree that you can climb. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh yeah, it was awesome. And <laughs> it, it, was in the, it was in the woods, and it was, oh. so my big concern was like it was in the woods, but then also indoors. Right. So it's like, how do you make it feel like the woods? Be making it feel like it's indoors. That's easy to do. Sure. You just need some chairs, right? Right. But if you make it, and then I was worried it was going to be like a gobo or something. You know what I mean? Oh, and then, but right. like, uh, Ed, Ed was like, no, yeah. we got, and then I, I was like, all right, I'm going to yeah. shut my mouth. You guys know what you're doing. Yeah. That was, that's mm-hmm. on me. And it strengthens they your character it. because now you can play in this, yes. you know, playground. Well, that was my whole set. concern because like it, it really is a, a role where 
this guy is playing. He's he's playing all the time, and I was playing. I mean, I th- we, we were talking before about the you know the the rut of the thing, right? But there sure. was a lot. I mean, every night there were certain moments where I was like, I don't know how this is going to come out, you <laughs> right, know? Right, and, right. Mm-hmm. and it was really fun to find those places. Mm-hmm. I was trying to have as much of that as possible because I think that's something that's something I've been playing with this year in particular. Sure, it's really fun if you can. You know, okay. I know I need to cross here. I know I need to exit here. I right. know the basics. I know ah, that this is ah, this ah. is the shape of the thing. Mm-hmm. But within that, I mean, I'm exactly. still saying the words. I'm still get, wh- how it happens is going to be like a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be rigid. <clears throat> you yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And also, just the work that you do just by yourself. What does it feel like to live? in the woods yeah. to chase a hawk or, you know, not know what you're going to do. Like, you know, yeah. break yourself out of the everyday nine to five. Well, I'm going to work today or whatever, you know, yeah. today you have no idea what's, what's going to happen. So yeah. there's all this, you know, creative work that you, that you'll do just on your own. Yeah. And I'm sure you have to borrow from, I don't know, like your, whatever techniques you learned in school or whatever, or just yeah. playing. Yeah, I'll, for for me, I feel like I my my go to is playing, mm-hmm. and then if something isn't working, then I'm like, all right, what from the technique? Like this moment is feeling awkward. <laughs> sure. let, me, let me look at the tool belt. What yeah. do I what do I have here? Right. Uh, is this going to help? Uh, yeah. How was it working with the young actor? Because the the young actor the who played the boy, how old, he, how old was he? He's not actually that young. He's oh, like okay. in his in his twenties, like okay, mid to late twenties. Okay. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah, but he looks like he's, he's yeah. He looked like, like he was seventeen. Yeah, he looks really young. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that's uh, Henry Halkyard is um, great. Henry and I have uh, both taught together. Okay, we're both teaching artists as well, and. Um, I've not worked with him before this show, so mm-hmm. wonderful. The answer is so great. I mean, Henry was always so receptive and so ready. He was my ma- my major scene partner for mm-hmm. most of the show. Yeah, um, and he was just. I mean, when I was throwing different things, different mm-hmm. curveballs, he was always on it. Just that's fantastic. Always ready. Always, and that's the thing. You can't really do that unless you have a supportive scene partner, a supportive environment. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's a luxury to have that freedom and that play. Yeah. And sometimes you try it and you're like, okay, I need to back off. This is a Mm -hmm. little bit too much. Right. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. there it was, everyone was on board. That whole cast was incredible. Mm -hmm. And it was really like, yeah, let's make this thing. Let's do this. Let's have fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's fantastic. So I know you're working on Christmas Carol right now. Yes. What about the future? Well, let's talk about equity. You've joined yes. equity. <laughs> I joined equity on this production of Christmas Carol uh, this year. I did it last year, and but I and I staved off. Right. And then this year, I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. You gotta yeah. Jump in. I'm gonna jump in. Jump in. Both feet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so because of that, I mean, there's there's a lot of uncertainty, honestly. Right? Exactly, right. we talked about it off mic. Yeah, you know, because there are a lot. You open up a lot of doors, but you shut a lot of doors down too. For sure. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. gonna get promise you. You're gonna get those phone calls. Oh, we're wondering if you're available. Hey, this role, we think you'd really be good for it. Blah 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 blah. And then finally, if they don't say it, you have to say it. You know, so I'm equity. you know I'm equity now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the minute you hear that, oh, you oh, know. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, didn't didn't realize that. And you're like, you can just see it's going away from you now. Listen, I've already had that uh, experience where that as I was making the decision, as I was on the fence, I was like, hey, by the way, so I'm, I think I'm gonna about to go, and then, well, are you sure? Because that may affect the decision here. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think so, because if I keep ready, saying, oh, I'll hold off, I'll hold off, then it's never yeah. going to happen. Right. But, so here's the question. Uh, why did you make the choice? You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that I've held off on for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I largely I feel a little bit like I'm ready to push myself out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, part of that is my I've sounds got, like it. Yeah. Got a, got a growing family. You know, my mm-hmm. got another baby on the way. So my major my next major project is this baby and being right. born in April. Yeah. Um, and I just I don't know. I felt like I, um I could cert- I I've loved what I've been doing as a non equity actor in the mm-hmm. Bay Area. And I'm just sort of interested in pushing myself of what what happens if I don't know what like I I, I have a sense of I know what this world is a little bit like sure mm-hmm. what happens if I go into the area where I don't know what's going to happen yeah um, and my hope is that that'll teach me to grow in any number of ways mm-hmm. you know um, learning new skills I'm trying to do more voice acting work yeah um, wow. trying yeah. to maybe audition for more stuff I've mostly almost exclusively done work in the Bay Area so mm-hmm. more auditions elsewhere mm-hmm. right which is you know which has been scary but also with the family yeah. I'm like I don't want to necessarily uh, go too far from home but if that's what, what I need to do mm-hmm. that's what I need to there, do there are two things that um, that I hadn't considered before and yeah. I got married I've been married it'll be eight years in January congratulations yeah it's wild the way it shifts your priorities yeah and so at one point I said as an equity actor it seems like I know people who are out of town yeah you know not not all the time but they're out of town because sometimes you can pick up a show in Cincinnati. You know, if you can yep. pick up a show in New York, oh, please, go. <laughs> sure. But um, but I mentioned it to my wife saying, okay, so in this next phase of my life and my career, what do I want to do? And I said, that's a possibility. Like, my mom's in San Diego, so I can say I'm a local hire there. Yep. I know somebody in, well, I've got family in Portland now. I, you know, and in Seattle, I know somebody in Seattle. I'm like, well... So I could consider it. And she said, my wife, without missing. And I said it thinking, that's kind of far-fetched, but it's, you know, if we're talking about what are the possibilities, and she was just, didn't miss a beat. She's like, that would be so great. I would love to come see you in another city. And I went, hadn't thought of it that way. And then immediately, the sort of financial side of that is, no, if you come, that means we have to pay for you. Uh-huh. But, uh-huh. but then the positive of it is like we with word for word we went to Paris. I right. went to Paris. Yeah. And then she came over for a week. That was fabulous, like nine days. And that was yeah. fabulous. We had done it five years earlier, I'd done it. Yeah. Same thing. So having that as a track record, I'm like, Yeah, that actually worked wonderfully. We could find the time for us to have our little romantic time. Yeah. I could focus on my work, but believe me, I was pumped focusing on my work, knowing that family was supporting me. So I would say that's one. And then the other one that I just never considered, and I am this year, so I'll say it to the world. If I end up in Much Ado About Nothing next summer, I will be so effing thrilled because I just played Leonardo and I had a fabulous time. And coming up in my career, I've been like, okay, I've done that. Moving on. What's next? Yeah. And I'm like, no, actually, you know, I could revisit this role at least another time or two or more. Sure. Because I had so much fun from beginning to end. And then the work, I've been putting away stuff, you know, into the year now. I'm sorting through stuff and putting away stuff. So I've got all my little, you know, opening cards from people. Sure. And to have somebody say, I always loved how you'd sit there and you'd talk through your process. And then we get on stage. One actress was so nervous because we had to do the peas and carrots thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the way the script was originally cut, we were exiting, and then they said, no, we actually want you guys to be in so that we see the villain, see you see the villain come in, and then you'll exit. Okay. So we're going to delay those lines, those right. exit lines. And you're just going to move upstage while this entrance happens, something else happens. Oh, Beatrice and Benedict banter, and then in comes Don John. Yeah. And then we do our exit lines and we leave. So she was like, I'm so nervous about this. And I'm like, you don't have to be nervous. Nobody's going to hear us. It doesn't really matter what we're saying unless we're completely out of the world of the play. And we can totally deal with what's actually happening right now. As in, she was entering facing west. We were on the west side of the stage and we're outside. So the sun is directly in her eyes every day. (laughs) And I just clowned her about it we'd get over there and i'm like i saw you squinting (laughs) or one day when i finally actually looked and went oh geez you know so it didn't matter what we were saying yeah it was completely natural and so at the end she wrote me another little note and she's like thank you so much for that because i was so nervous about it and i was like what's there to be nervous about that's the easy work the hard work was digging in and yes i would be talking to somebody i'm just worried in this scene i feel like there's something there i don't have it yet i'm still exploring it and then you get it and everybody's like oh no idea that's what you were going for i'm like i didn't know either yeah so it was so you know you've had that role you love that role like somebody's doing water by the spoonful i'm like Oh, please, let me do a full run of that show. Holy cow, let me do a full run of that show. (laughs) Yeah. There's one question I never asked you, Norman. When did you make the decision to go equity? Because I'm sure there was a time where you were not equity. When you said that you delayed it. So SF Shakes um, had me understudy, me and a bunch of people. Yeah. And I never think about how many times I've understudied, but that was one of the times. And they were going to pay me. I was like, woohoo, weekly salary, woo, yay, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the, they said, um, what we're going to ask you to do is because they go to four different sites, we're going to ask you to help with the load ins and load outs from the four different sites. And I'm like, fair enough, that's fine. And then just as we were tacking the, for the first site, the director goes, oh, that last scene, though, there's all this furniture that needs to come in that last scene. Couldn't we just dress up a couple of people and have them bring that in and suddenly we were in every effing show oh god yeah so um that summer a lot of weeks if i'd taken the weeks i would have been i would have been required to to join equity and i just went no you're not going to make me do that when i'm not actually the only thing i'm doing is moving furniture yeah and I never did get to go on. My buddy got to go on. I didn't get to go on. So, no. I went, nah, not doing it. But then um, I picked up a gig at Theater Works the next year. And I was like, yeah. I'm I'm happy with the places I've been working. But most of the places I've been working were under BATS or MBATS. Yeah. Um, which means I was getting paid. And most of them, if it was a BAP, they were paying everybody the same. So I'm getting paid yep. with the equity actors. Right. Are. I've been I'm there. so comfortable working in that environment under those yeah. working conditions yeah. that I don't want to be anywhere else. I, I, anytime somebody dares to say, hey guys, we got started like half an hour late, so can we just keep going for another half hour? No. 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 And I've been in plenty of productions, and I will call out another name, Gwen Loeb, 
mm, is oh, one yeah. of those people who's not afraid to speak up. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, we, like 10 minutes from the end, are people willing to just stay and let's do the 10 minutes? And almost every time that's ever happened, I've always said yes, if I could. Sure. When somebody says no, they can't, no Great. pressure, no problem. I love working under those conditions. So when I, the choice came up, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get the work that I would like to get under equity. I know I don't want to work in an environment less than that yeah. ever again. And I agree so, with that. yeah. So I went, mm-hmm. okay, fine, I'm in. And then for for years, really, for two or three years, get those fucked up phone calls. Hey, you available? There's a role I think you'd really be great at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know I'm equity, right? Oh, yeah, could have saved a lot of time, but um, you know, and I wish at that point I'm worth, right? Exactly, (laughs) right? Well, that's the backhanded compliments. I've started telling people about this when somebody says to you, you know, we we really wish we could pay you more than this, Mm -hmm. but because you're so fantastic, you go, you take the second part of that, and you go, wow, that's a compliment, yeah. When they keep coming back to you and not paying you more, what they're really saying is, we're so happy you let us take advantage of you. I yeah, agree. That's exactly I, right. And this is, uh, this is one of the many factors that pushed, that pushed me on this, this uh, decision mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. An, another part of it is that with, with another child on the way, I'm like, well, I want to be more mindful of how I'm using that time. Right? Exactly. Right. Just, even just at family time, like, mm-hmm. okay, well, if I'm going to do a show, I don't want to be doing it and be like, wow, I'm only getting this much money? Which, right. exactly. which before, I've been able to go, well, I'm building. I'm learning. Right, right, right. right. Like mm-hmm. I said before, I'm, there's something I'm learning here. Yeah. Here I'm like, well... Is it worth my learning to not be at home? Well, sure. Right. <laughs> I mean, theater companies are telling you what your value is. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, wow, you are just fantastic. I remember working I remember working at Forbes magazine, mm. and uh, my boss was like, man, you're doing such a fantastic job. And I'm like, yeah, I need a pay raise. Yeah. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, wow, right. I can't really do that right now. And, you know, if you just work us a little bit longer, I'm like, didn't you just tell me that I'm... So people right. have a way of telling yeah. you what your value is and yeah. what yeah. they're willing right. to invest in you. Yeah. And, you know, if someone were like, listen, I got to be totally honest with you. We don't have this type of money for anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what our budget is. And sometimes I'll come into a company and I know yeah. this, you don't have that, that, that money like that. Right. That's fine. Yeah. You don't like getting hustled. You don't like having a yeah. company that has its own, uh, you know, building and you, you see where the money's going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you I've know, and they, you know, and if, if people can take advantage of you, you allow them to take advantage of you, they will. Yeah. And yeah. and just extra points to the theater companies because I've seen some and one of them is NCTC. Mm-hmm. The, um, the I think that a lot of companies have a lot of work to do in terms of pay. Yeah. But some are, I've seen increasing the pay. Over, mm-hmm. You know, like I worked at NCTC several years ago. Yeah. I did the Gentleman Caller where I played William Ooh. Inge. Uh-huh. And um, that, I was, I was paid a certain amount for that. Mm-hmm. And then f- for this year, they've increased that by quite a bit. Um, so... The uh, I want to say something and like quadruple now. it was. They're using some equity. Some, uh, I, some well, yeah, but that's yeah. before that's it was exactly. None. So <laughs> I yeah, I'm really excited to mm-hmm. see someone put their money where their mouth is, where right. they're saying we care about the artist. Yep. If they say we care about the artist and we're trying, mm-hmm. we're increasing. Yep. That's a really different from we care about the artists. Well, we're paying the same amount we did ten years ago. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's oh. that's a very different. I mean, you know, if, if you sh- are actually doing your best, even if it's not quite at the level you want it to be, mm-hmm. yeah. I understand, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to say, 
you know, all companies that don't pay a certain amount are all awful. Mm-hmm. But if you're not paying that amount and you're not trying to, exactly. you're not trying to increase it. Yeah. That's where I start. Like something smells off. And every actor has a right to ask those questions. Yeah. You know, you don't have to yeah. have a company guilt trip you into, well, you know, you're mm-hmm. asking for this amount, you know. Nobody else does that. We, a couple, a company that we worked with last year. Well, we had an actor spend $1,000 commuting here. And I went, I'm not asking anybody to spend money. I, I can tell you one theater company, they cut a check. I told you the story. Oh, and right, yeah. did not sign, you know, the thing. The check. Did, did not sign the check. <laughs> Gave me a check that wasn't signed. Okay. Gave all of the actors checks right. that wasn't signed. Right. And I talked to one actor who had worked with this company for a while. I was like, well, you know, it's just, I don't know, I wasn't even going to cash the check anyway. What? And I'm like, okay, so you're conditioned to not, <laughs> right. this company has guilt tripped you into, you know, this like volunteer work. I mean, why mm-hmm. even have a contract? Why even sign the check? Bogus volunteer Which is if you work. know that's what you're doing, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if that's what you signed up for, that's yeah. a different thing than yeah. if right. you expect payment. Right. <laughs> that's literally like labor laws. Yeah. Are for, and we're talking about this that. because this is about the business of theater. You know, yeah, right. lots of young folks are just coming out of college. They want to, hopefully they're listening to this podcast and then they're like, hey, how do I get into theater? You know, there's a thing about the artistic part of it, you know, getting into yeah. the script and examining yeah. scripts and all that stuff. But then there's the business part of it. What yeah. are you, what is your value? Mm-hmm. Yes, you want to increase your resume. So yeah, you may want to take low level jobs or whatever or well, jobs yeah. that don't do. pay we that much. We all start there, yes. But there's a point we have to know what your value is. Yeah. yeah. Don't allow yourself to be taken advantage of well, by the and, companies. And make those decisions. Um, you often bring up the question of, you know, aren't there roles that you're looking for? Aren't there things? And I'm like, yeah. Because I will always go back to when African American Shakespeare Company started, we had a couple of successful showcases and we were saying, what are we going to do next? Yeah. And the number one thing was, well, we don't have any money, so what are we going to do? Yeah. And there was an actor who was a working actor, Bay Area actor, and... And I said, yeah, but if we were going to do Hamlet, they were offering you Hamlet. He's like, yeah, if they were paying me to do Hamlet. Yeah. And at the time, I did not understand that mindset. Now I totally do. I'm like, dude, I could read Hamlet at home. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> You know, that's and available anytime. I will add that I think that the pay is is also a sign of the respect from the company, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the places that pay better, not always, certainly right. not always, right. but there's often if you are putting it, uh, if you are paying the actors the amount that and the artists, not just mm-hmm. the actors, if you're mm-hmm. paying the artists the amount that you think that they are actually worth, mm-hmm. that often translates to an environment of mm-hmm. more respect and, exactly. and one where you feel valued and treated and like rather than oftentimes if you're doing it for very little or for vault for free mm-hmm. there's a well you're already doing it for free can't you do some extra work right there's, a, there's an ad, it's almost harder to say no to extra stuff whereas mm-hmm. if you're going to pay you're like this is my time exactly right. and that's and that's what's going on so yeah i like i like the idea that when you join equity you are making a commitment to yourself and your yes. career and saying, okay, so now I have to look at different things. Because, yeah. you know, we talk about Coleman often. Coleman was in the Bay Area, and Coleman was doing great in the Bay Area, but he yeah. wanted more, so he ended up in New York. Yeah. And then they started hiring, that weird thing, they started hiring him back for stuff. With the, in, in the Bay Area? Uh, Berkeley Rep and yeah. Cal Shakes started well, I mean, hiring the classic, him back almost know, the, every year. And then they the started... The classic wisdom, if you want to get hired at the big houses in the Bay Area, yeah. you move to New York move and then New come York. and audition. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I bump into him, we're walking down the street one day, and I said, Coleman Domingo, New York actor. And he said, Norman, in New York, I am a bartender. Uh-huh. I was like... Mm. 
that really made at the time it made me go well shit I'm glad I'm not in New York because sure. that's a big hassle a big hustle to yeah. to stay on top of but as I've thought about it I'm like mm, that's what he wanted and that's but it also was a I'm not just going to settle for this I'm trying to get somewhere yeah so this is that next stepping stone this is my path forward and I'm like yeah everybody has to find their path it's forward. that growth spot and he figured it out clearly I yeah. mean he's doing very well for himself yeah. but like that that area that unknown I mean I and I'm I am now jumping into that unknown mm-hmm. yeah. so I don't know what that is mm-hmm. and I I'm uh, and it's scary but it's also exciting yeah. and yeah. I I obviously hope that it leads to more opportunities Mm -hmm. right but it's i mean you don't know right but Mm -hmm. i you know if i've learned one thing from COVID, it's that you don't know pretty much anything yeah (laughs) right but there's a what's gonna happen next who knows right i'm ready for it yeah yeah, there's a bravery to you know joining equity and Mm -hmm. saying hey you know i can be in a bigger pond yeah even if it takes me elsewhere and and let telling yourself this is what my value is yeah. Well, and I've said it for years, again, without listening to what I'm actually saying, <clears throat> that um, I know that the actors I've worked with could go anywhere in the country and be working. Sure. So, yeah. Well, then that means be ready to do that. Be yeah. willing to do that. Figure out how it works. I mean, Elizabeth Carter is yeah. picking up work as a director oh, now. Yeah. And, I worked with her earlier this year. And she's got a 13-year-old. Yeah. And so the wife is kind of like, I haven't heard any tension, but, you know, Elizabeth acknowledges, wow, if I'm going to be out of town, I got to plan it. And uh, we were talking about one show she's going to be doing, and she's like, it's going to be like spring break, his spring break. So he's going to come up and be with me for a week. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's what you got to do, because you you want to find that balance. Right. And I don't think at 13, I mean, if the child were, let's say, 8 or 7 or 6. No, 13, it needs, you're running in, because now that independent streak is just going to grow for like the next 5, mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the your ability as a parent to, you know, when it's a small child yeah. and you say, don't run in the street and you grab them. Yeah. There's a similar thing that happens for teens, and it's true. Maybe I'm being, I'm going back to my latchkey days, where you know, hey, my parents are like, here, here's oh, a key, no, was... here's some money, and mm-hmm. I'll see you. You know, yeah. oh, we were now. the opposite. We were not allowed out until, and we moved to a new town right before I started high school, yeah. and suddenly I was free to go places. Before that, we couldn't go anywhere. Mm. Um, so this this. I, Nowadays I love, it's not latchkey. Nowadays it's here's an iPad. Right, go, go out. I mean, right. when you were 13, did your parents let you do whatever you wanted to do? I, I, I I'm sure you were watching. I your... did everything I wanted to do, uh, which was everything I wanted to do was play GameCube. <laughs> and, right. And, no, listen, that is the listen. The I, I'm that still the all about the gaming. Trick. I love video games. Yeah. Bring the Nintendo Switch is great in the dressing room. Yeah. Let me say, uh, anyone who's I'm, I'm still playing Doom right now. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I've got my emulator all set up. Yeah. Uh, Gendel Hernandez and and that crew of folks yeah. who I knew like 30 years ago 20 no you know it 20 it's 20 almost 25 years ago yeah um and they were gamers yeah now they're still gamers but they're parents yeah <laughs> well, it was great it's, I'm it's... like oh okay so at a certain age 
And you're going to be better able to say to your child, unlike our generation who goes, I just worry about those kids in those games. And those like, video games. You don't understand games. <laughs> if you right. understand gaming. It's just another art form. You know? Exactly. Well, it's just and, another and the art social form. side of it. It's got yeah. more of a social side than I think those of us, I'm not a gamer. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. of us who don't. I sat down with a young friend who was about 13 at the time and watched him just messing up um, Arkham Asylum. Oh, like yeah. Just, and good. sometimes intentionally, but intentionally partly because he couldn't figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And I'm watching and going, oh, and then realizing that then he switches over to like Grand Theft Auto or something. No, yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah. And, but he's on headset and there's other people and yeah. like he's, I'm the adult in the room, so he keeps stopping to apologize to me or check in with me, but then... <laughs> I'm hearing this shit talk and I'm hearing all these dynamics <laughs> right. that are happening. I'm like, sure. This is like being on the playground. Exactly. But a lot safer. Yeah. yeah yes, that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. We are all over the map today. <laughs> it's, it's, that's cool. that's what happens it. when you're in the room it. with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where do you see yourself in the future? So your equity and of course you have a baby on the way in April. Yeah. Um, do you see yourself, let's say if you get a phone call from, I don't know, it could be even, have you ever thought about film? Yeah, I, I'm total. I'm I'm very open to film. I love film. I mean, I, I, I'm. Uh, that's another thing that go down the rabbit hole with me. I, sure. I you know, no, um, love love talking about movies. Um, I I I have less experience at this point mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. um, with film work. So okay. that's something that I'm. Uh, Definitely open to. I, I just like. I like acting. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I don't care about the medium. I, I've mm-hmm. gotten more used to theater because mm-hmm. that's. I think in general that's more of an actor's medium, just because there's yeah, not an editor that sure. edits the thing, right? Like it's you are your there. performance. You are there in front of an audience. Yeah, yeah. I really like that energy transfer. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm closed off from other stuff. I would love to do other stuff. Um, cool. Uh, TV sounds really fun. I like yeah. love the idea of long form storytelling like yes. that. Yeah, um, oh voiceover my. work I really like because yeah. like I like. And you had a podcast before. I, I yes, I uh, there's a podcast you can go on on iTunes or Spotify or whatever yeah. right now. Uh, Green Eggs and Man, mm-hmm. uh, which I which I made with my best friend Wesley yeah, Scott. Breaking down amazing. Green Eggs and Ham. We yeah. yeah, every episode was one page of Green Eggs and Ham. And we, we read it before my daughter was born to see if it was appropriate content for her. Because uh-huh. we had to, you know, of course we had to bring in the Bible and Freud and every episode. <laughs> we had to, we had to, that was fun! It's, it is a wild, silly time. Um, yeah. it, it ends up getting into conspiracy theories uh, and, and some wow. dark realms uh, taking yeah. over. It takes over yeah. our minds. But No, yeah. I don't know if you know the history of Dr. <laughs> Seuss, but he had some really strange artwork yeah. prior oh, I've to... Seen, I've got... I've got a, a slim collection of his stuff. So it talks on the children's books, but it talks all about the stuff before. I love it. See, yeah. and that's, the, as I was saying, I mean, you got, that's that's better researched <laughs> than our show was yeah. intentionally. Our yeah. whole thing was, it was more of an improv podcast than actually a, an informed that's book. Cool. Right? Um, we, we also did, this was uh, after we, we wrote a two-man musical together oh, nice. um, called JFK and Me about two doofuses who wrote a musical about someone traveling back in time to stop uh, the Kennedy assassination. Oh, interesting. It's on Spotify also, but um, yeah. it's, Anyway, I got, I got to check that silly, out. Silly, silly old times. Yeah. Do you have anything set up after uh, Christmas Carol? I mean, uh, show, shows? At the moment, no shows. I've got a, got a reading with NCTC um, okay. that I'm going to be doing, uh, Boomer Tunes. Um, 
and uh, and I'm the biggest project, as I said, is going to be this next baby. Sure, uh, that's that's my, right. my major project coming up. But. Right on, right on. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. All righty. So um, before we go on, uh, Nick Mandraki. I don't know if I mentioned this uh, last Nick. episode, but Nick has been nominated for Best Supporting Actor in the 2023 Broadway World Awards for yes. his role in Grand Horizons. So congratulations to him on that. And, and that was San Jose Stage, right? I think that was Tabard. Oh, Tabard. Theater. And unfortunately, Tabard, I got an email that Tabard, they may be shutting down. They've lost I funding. thought they already had, and then I kept hearing they were doing stuff. Exactly. So I had heard, because I had talked to um, the, Jonathan? The, John, John Williams, yeah. and he lost funding, then he found funding, and now I think he's lost funding again. Yeah, well, funding oh. this year is... Not good. Yeah. Basically, everybody who was throwing money because they had to, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of the foundations and stuff got to spend that money. So they were just saying, we don't care what you do, just do it. Yeah. Or back to, what's the project? And why yeah. do you need it? And yeah. what's your budget? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's sad. So I'm hoping yeah. the tabard will, you know, get afloat or, you know, to find something. Yeah. Also, oh. uh, Cynthia Logazinski, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. she's been on the show. Although I don't know, you've, you've never been in the room because okay. I've had her on twice. Mm-hmm. But in any case, <laughs> she, had, she had just received her master's in theater. Oh, she was hey. talking all on the yay. Yeah. She did a thesis on Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And the um, I, I think it was the theory of how women uh, can interpret or when women direct Mm-hmm. Or act in you know Shakespearean roles, how it changes mm-hmm. because I think in Shakespeare's time, no women were no women allowed performed. Yeah, mm-hmm. so right. So right, congratulations right. to Cynthia. That's awesome. Wow. And well, uh, well, um, go ahead. and I meant to when you were asking about what my week has been. The other thing that's happened in mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks is I was on the cash grant panel for. Um, cash sustains Mm -hmm. and so i'm not supposed to say more i shouldn't technically i guess i shouldn't even say that but wink wink if you want to say how many (laughs) uh, how much has been said oh no 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 no. it's just just, um i i put that out because i want people to because i have a head full of knowledge that i would love to impart to the world and it is frustrating to me when i talk to people about their grants and they and I g- try to give them feedback, and they try to tell me, "Well, no, I think they'll understand." No, I I don't know that I need that. Oh, mm. like somebody had actually sent their thing in with no supporting material, mm. and I was like, um, <clears throat> "If you're doing work and you give us even the worst little video, a mm. minute of the worst little video yeah. that you've got, then we at least have some idea of what you're doing." But when we don't have that, then it's just your description, and then I'm supposed to compare that to everybody else. I, I will say what I can freely say is um, I am one of the recipients of Cash Grant. One of the I've gotten it a number of times. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I volunteered for the panel. I was like, I, I kind of owe you guys. It's been I've been wonderfully supported. The last time I applied, it turns out they now require a budget. I think I got those cash grants a lot of the times because people were sifting through these things trying to figure out what's what. And <clears> mine <throat> was clear. Yeah. Here's how much money I'm asking for. Here's how much money I'm going to spend. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. how we, besides this grant, this is how we plan to do this. Mm-hmm. And whether it was fictional or not, people at least understood what I was saying. So I'm like, my God, 
There, there were, well, there were more um, applications for this round, but um, some people just didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would I would so encourage people to 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 apply, mm-hmm. and I would encourage people to, to chat with some, me because yeah. I'm like, dude, just I, have some supporting documentation. I mean, have some you know past things that you've done, and also explain to people what you're going to do with the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, a budget is just an Excel spreadsheet. Well, that, that's the least of what what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying those are things that I can freely talk about. And so that just happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the cash creates and cash performs are also um, those rounds are just finishing up. I guess this weekend. So hopefully next week mm-hmm. they'll be making the announcements, and then I can say even more. <laughs> yes. Right on. And we encourage folks, you know, uh, and also uh, I think we got an email from Dr. Ayodele because she's oh. looking for people to um, to do their readings and do shows at oh. the space. Oh, if oh, you oh. haven't gotten the email, I'll send it to you. OK, I'm, I may have. I needed to see if she got back to me about. Yeah, I, I want space for August. So right. Exactly. So for those who don't know, uh, Piano Fight used to be at seven. Uh, what is it? 1470, 1420. Broadway here in Oakland, deck. the flight deck. That's what I meant. Um, and, and of course, the flight deck the is gone. House. Now it's the Bam House, oh. and they're looking for individuals to do their shows. Yeah, yeah. So right. they uh, need rentals. They, yeah, exactly. So uh, you can hit up Doctor Io. Um, if yeah, you we want should to definitely put in that in the notes. That's great. It, it, quickly, That's because it's you know it's gonna it's, it's not gonna last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, also, we want to thank Charles Blades Barbers for sponsoring the aid. That's our second sponsor. Charles Blades is located at one eighty second Street in downtown Oakland. It's a very cool, relaxing place where you can get your hair cut, and they'll even serve you a complimentary drink. They also sell men's hair products like hair gels, pomades, shampoos, and conditioners. Uh, hit up the website cbbgroomingproducts.myshopify.com. And you don't have to remember all that. Just click on the link. I'll have a link there. <laughs> and Yay. support Charles Blades. And I was so surprised that uh, Luchan, we, when we had him on, he was like, hey, Charles Blades has been cutting my hair for years. So Yeah, yes. that, was, that was kind of impressive. Very, very cool. All right, birthdays. And... Here we Please are. forgive the Amtrak train. The tra- it's the train's birthday today. Right, exactly. Let everyone know. <laughs> I do not know what was happening nine months ago mm-hmm. in the world, but there's a whole fuck ton of oh birthdays huh? So uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a um, uh, March was pretty March Madness. Uh, let me tell you, it was madness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Linda Burris um, is one of my newest acquaintances on this list. Um, one of the poets in our Baldwin thing that we just did. Oh, very nice. Uh, Rodessa Jones' birthday is today. Uh, Douglas, wow, it re-spelled his name. That's not his name. Georgius. Georgius. <laughs> is his name. My, mm-hmm. my phone corrected it. Um, he is a wonderful actor I got to work with on um, Scapegoat, the comic book superhero, black superhero play. Yes. Wonderful. I like all of those words. Yeah. Uh, Ken Watt is one of the major uh, directors, has been one of the major directors in the Bay Area, especially when I was coming up, but also creating these shows. They were, I don't, I don't even know what his process is, but they were huge numbers of people creating these original pieces um so i will on similarly there's um evan otkin otkin i'm messing up his name yeah he's up in uh ashland yeah um he was very much involved in bay area theater for many years so 
His birthday's coming up this week. Alexander Creighton is an actress that I've gotten to work with in the Bay Area. Kent Nicholson is another one of these creators who eventually, like at last I heard, he was he was in New York. So I assume he's still in New York. He's at the public or something. Mm. Oh. Um, Alicia Nelson is oh, yeah. Alicia. one of my children. I, I now am collecting the... I keep playing <laughs> parents of adult characters. <clears throat> Alicia was my daughter, uh, not this last summer, but the year before at the um, Mime Troupe. Mm. Liza Raynell is somebody who I've never actually seen perform, but uh, she was she was running a seventh grade program that I've been doing for over 20 years, uh, doing a theater workshop with him for over 20 years. Um, she moved on to become a principal at a school, so and she was doing solo shows here in San Francisco. So I was like, oh, i got to come see you sometime. Kirk? Clark Sopranowitz I met as a composer, and I'm now, he's trying to seduce me onto his board for this, I think it's called the Inner Arts Alliance or something like that. They're trying to support new projects mm. here in the Bay Area. Uh, Lisa Drostova, um, I first became aware of Lisa because she was writing reviews for the um, East, uh, East Bay Express, maybe? Mm, okay. It was a, it was one of the papers. And um, and then she stepped away from that, and the next thing I knew, she was directing, and I got to do God of Carnage. She directed it. Ah, that nice. was yeah, that was amazing. Joe Ayers um, is somebody I know from my Each One Reach One days in Juvie. Joe, and he was not a, a <laughs> he was not resident. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> sure. um, and he just got his, I think it's his master's. Um, came back to the Bay Area, and he was just in uh, the Legend McBride? of Georgia McBride. Joe went to Cal also. Ah, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Kobe Appel Bernstein, you may remember Kobe. Kobe was kind of working with us as we were first getting up our first of the Baldwin readings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you might have this name. Actually, let me skip two names because I think you might have them. I could skip three names. I think <laughs> wow. I How nice. Howard Swain. Um, is, Howard! Uh, Howard is another one of, the, of that generation. Is he in it? Howard's in Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. oh Howard. It's, is it his birthday today? No, no, no! This week. This week. All right. I'm a. I'll, like that. Good. Good intel. I'm gonna go get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Howard. Howard. Oh God. Howard is such the a. The stories sweetie. in that dressing room. Yeah. Oh, how? See, Howard's been at it for a long oh, yeah. time, and then Howard's now married into theater royalty in the Bay Area. So oh he's, yeah. He's married to Nancy Carlin. Um, Both amazing. You've got this one. I know you've got this one. Benton Green is an actor I got to work with, and just after we did um, an adaptation of. Seven Against Thebes, which was a hip-hop version called The Seven, just that we initially did with six actors, which was really stupid when we were standing on stage going, Seven Against Thebes, we are seven. You couldn't get one more? We did when we remounted the show. (laughs) But somehow the director kept saying, oh, they're not going to notice. I'm like, we're standing on stage, lined up six of us. But at least get an audience member to stand up. But you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Benton played uh, one of the kings, one of the two brothers, mm. and um, and he was fabulous. And then he moved to New York, and he's been working his butt off. Uh, Chelsea Beers is somebody that I've just gotten to know, even though I've seen her on stage like three times, I think. Um, she uh, works with Central Works, among other things, and she is fabulous. And it turns out she's actually a comedian. She just likes acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the last one I have for this week is Vera Y, who was running a, and I forgot, I actually reposted, they were having auditions recently, 
Um, it's a black theater company in San Jose. And um, she had moved, so she wasn't even here anymore. But I saw that they were having auditions, and I reposted it and said, people should go out for this. And she wrote me back and thanked me. And it's so funny. We have never managed to work together, but Not we yet. kept sort of watching each other and going, wow, I love what you're doing. So yeah. birthday kids for the week. All That's right. my list. So my list uh, today is the birthday of Jennifer Tice. And I remember acting with her. Uh, this was when, and the Douglas Morrison Theater, I'm really hoping the Douglas Morrison will get back to I doing so musicals. Because the mm. first musical I did was Grey Gardens, and Jennifer Tice oh, yeah. played, um, if you know the story, it's uh, the story of the uh, Bouviers. Yeah. Uh, oh, right, right, right. This would be Jackie's sister, yeah. uh, who went a little crazy. And uh, so it's a wonderful musical. Yeah. And Jennifer mm. Tice played both the mother of the Bouvier and also the daughter and oh, so, and okay. you know, just her being the sophisticated, you know, aristocratic New Yorker in the first act, yeah. and then you know, <laughs> crazy New Yorker for you know, in the second act, she did a magnificent job and Whoa. a great singer. Uh, so that her birthday is today. Also today, Tia Harris. I always mentioned that I graduated from Duke Ellington School of the Arts. She was one of the teachers at Duke Ellington and a counselor. Oh. So anytime we were going through any issues or whatever, mm-hmm. she was always a shoulder to, to lean on. So want to sing her praises uh, mm-hmm. today. Uh, also, tomorrow, um, a very young stage manager, Olive Fox, her birthday will be tomorrow. Oh. I worked with her when we did Heathers, uh, which was done at the uh, Gateway Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, a while back, tw- 2019. Um, also on Monday, Allison Payne, her birthday is uh, December the 11th. I did one film. It was actually a film directed by Ruben Grijalva mm-hmm. called Shadow Ball where I played a Negro League baseball player, and she was involved in that. So happy birthday to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie Coabara, a Philippine actor. She's one of these those who came out of Bindlestiff Studios. Uh, she and her husband, Chuck Laxon, are husband-wife actors, comedians. Mm-hmm. I think she's involved in Granny Cart Gangsters, which was oh, on Vogue. Uh-huh. It actually appeared on Vogue Philippines. I guess they got a bit of a write-up, so they're nice. doing fantastic stuff. Cool. So Julie, happy birthday to you. Her birthday is Wednesday. Thursday, Michael Greeley, uh, her birthday. Mm. Uh, she is a had been a was a. Fa- I'm not sure if she's still active. Uh, I think she's moved. She moved up north. She moved up I north. I hope she's still acting. She was a longtime member of Eastenders Repertory Company. Uh, she's played my mom, mm. <laughs> although she's white and blonde, and I'm black. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think she may have even played my wife. I'm not sure. But in any case, we've had some wonderful memories on stage. Michael and so is amazing. Michael is just fantastic. And uh, her, and we've obviously had her on the yay a while back. So happy birthday, Michaela. Also on Thursday, Shay, mm-hmm. Angelo Aceveda. Mm-hmm. He played um, Chester Himes in uh, our play, Foreman in Paris. That was yep. five years ago. Mm-hmm. And he also um, participated in the Baldwin Project. Yeah, a little bit. No, I know. I really appreciated him driving all the way out here from the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Also on Thursday, Jerome Gentes, mm-hmm. uh, who was a former, um, former, I want to say, artistic director of Play Cafe slash oh, Musical okay. Cafe, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he has since moved to um, to L.A. Right, and he's doing all sorts of interesting projects, and, and we've had him on the playwright. A twice. Yeah, and he's a playwright as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see, who else do I have? I have, uh, on Friday, Doris Bumpus. I've never acted with her. Doris Renee Bumpus. She is a actress and a singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and I were involved in the musical Cafe. She mm-hmm. was involved in one play. I was in another. But she's been very, very active. And so I want to give her a shout out to her. 
Also on Friday, Elizabeth Curtis, she is a actress and a singer. We were both on stage doing Civil War Christmas, and oh. uh, she's an amazing presence. Mm-hmm. She's doing a lot of work for Ray of Light Theater, oh. um, yeah. which is known for doing great musicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have anyone else? Michael Gene you? Sullivan was the only one. That uh, you Michael, <laughs> Michael, Michael, who works. I, I like that Michael works as much as he does because it oh, means yeah. sometimes he's so frigging busy. I actually get work, so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Keep, Keep working, working, Michael. Michael. Keep yeah. working, Michael. Yeah. So those are my show. Those are my uh, um, list for. Um, uh, birthdays. I hope you're getting birthday cakes for all of these people. Oh, God. Oh, we just yeah. did. Virtually. <laughs> yeah, virtual <laughs> cakes. Yeah, 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 right. sent out. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only things I've got are the playground shows. It's um, tomorrow's um, t- Hitchcock Christmas at uh, 7 o'clock, and then next uh, Saturday and Sunday, 7 o'clock. And then that Monday after that is our holiday show, and I forget what it's called now, but I've read through the scripts, and... There's some really nice stuff there. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, that's a very Hitchcock Christmas. That'll be December the 10th, and then the 16th and the 17th. Yeah. You're directing Life Slay, like life both with a, with a sleigh. Get it? Yeah, that's the whole title. <laughs> that's the whole yes. title. Get it? Uh, and my villain is the Grinch. So There you go. I mean, come on. Jim yeah. Kleiman is directing Santa on a Rope. Jeffrey Lowe wrote a piece, Stranger on a Holiday Train, which I think is being directed by uh, Linda Linda. Hassan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Katya Rivera's directing How the Bates Almost Stole Christmas. Eli Sonny Orquiz is directing A Windowful Christmas. And I've listed a bunch of the actors who are involved in this. Crystal Piamonte, Letitia Duarte, Gwen Loeb, Marissa Wanless, Kari Moy, and I'm sure there are a bunch of others. Oh, yeah. So, so we have a link, so you can click onto that to mm-hmm. uh, find out what's happening there. Also, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. December the 6th. Yeah. Uh, ends December the 24th. The last year of this production. <laughs> there you oh, go. that's right. They did yeah, say that, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So, and of course, you're in it and Adam. And yep. we have a link for that, so you can click onto that. Excuse me. Also, uh, the Presidio Theater is still doing Sleeping Beauty. Eko Yamamoto and Sharon Shaw are in that. That Sharon. ends December the 30th. Sharon Shaw. See? Sharon's Small perfect. world. Got there it. you go. Uh, Chanticleers is doing The Man Who Saved Christmas. Uh, that ends December the 17th. Uh, Curtis Manning, C.J. Strickland is in that. Uh, the Contra Costa Civic Theater is doing Home for the Holidays. That is a two-person show. Lamont Rigel and Anita Veramontes is in that. See? Mm-hmm. Small yeah. world. And, uh, yeah, it's sort of a Sammy Davis Jr. sort of um, yeah. um, bar- boozy, you know, wow. um, jazzy uh, Christmas send-off. You had me at boozy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> December 8th through the 10th and then 15th through the 17th. So check that out. The San Jose stage is doing this, the play that goes wrong. This has been extended until December the 17th. We talked about Nick Mandrakia. He is in it. Also, John Rice Williams is in it. That's at San Jose stage. So check that out. Also, there are a couple of podcasts. Uh, Barry Graves has the Black Man's Heart. So check that out. Mallory Samara, our consulting producer, is also her day job is KCBS Radio. She is uh, producing As Prescribed. Uh, that's a weekly conversation with medical experts at UCS, UCSF Medical Center, and also It's Generational, a deep dive on how each generation looks at things differently. Uh, check that out. Also, Central Works has the Central Works Script Club. That's a podcast where you can download and read a play script and then listen to any audio interview with the playwright, delivered semi-annually. <clears throat> Our friend Aaron Henney, who... Um, 
has been affiliated with Central Works, is the artistic director now of Theater Dybbuk in L.A., and they have a podcast, The Dybbukast, that is a Jewish-based podcast, Jewish theater-based podcast, which brings create their creations and their historic contexts to life, all while revealing their relationships to issues still present today. Also, Bendelstiff has the Fobcast, exploring Philippine-American immigrant stories. Check out the Fobcast on any podcast app. There you go. Adam, did you enjoy yourself? What, what if I said no? Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm, so waiting, I'm waiting for that person. Like, well, uh, actually, it's kind again. of a bummer. No, of course I did, but this is so much fun. Thank you so much. No, no, no it was fantastic. I mean, usually folks who are like, hey, I would do the show, but I'm in, I'm in a production right now. Sure. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, you came right on in. and uh, you. Yeah, I got fantastic. a matinee coming up right now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> yeah, two show day or just two show day today, two, two show, show day, day tomorrow. Oh, God, double, oh, double. Oh yeah, those oh, are yeah. killers, man. Yeah, no, we got this. We got this. Right yeah. on. Yeah. I'm motiv- I got. I'm energized by recording a podcast, and so now I get to go go do that with this energy. So yeah, thank there, you. there you go. Very now cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, we're on on all podcast apps. We're on the Apple Podcast app. That's the Purple Podcast app on your phone or iPad. We're on Spotify, Overcast, SoundCloud. And now we're on the Amazon Podcast. Just go to music.amazon.com and you will search for the A and find us. Jerseys. We have jerseys. I forgot. Oh, I've got to get, and I have a bag in my car that I did not get to her. Okay, that's fine. No problem. I think those are the pinstripes. You have the pinstripes. Yep, we have the black. No, if you want to call her before we leave, I can drop them on the way. If she's there. Yeah. I'll see. Uh, We have black, we have white, $30, $30, just uh, PM And you may as well say the pinstripe, because they're going to be here before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So we're very excited, and we're very happy for those who have supported us. For you know, We support Bay Area Theater, so we we're happy to get the support. Yeah. Uh, the A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. I'm at Reg Space Clay. I'm at Who's Your Who's Your Adam. If people want to have the money to support a uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> an lucky actor, for that. <laughs> where, uh, where can people find you? Uh, well, my my website is adamkuveneman dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's K U V E N I E M A N N. And you can also find me at adam dot on Instagram. Nice. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Do you do the X slash Twitter? I, I signed up for it years ago. Didn't really do it, and then. <laughs> And uh, Elon Musk tanked everything, and then it was like, oh, well, why would I want well. to learn oh how to do God. it now? Why did I not mention that was the current event we could have mentioned? You know, what's, what's just, latest? Just, just Elon Musk chasing his uh, his um, Disney's not going to support. They're not going to do any advertising. Yeah, of course on. not. Oh, it's not just Disney. <laughs> but then, no, but then, then you hear what he said. Yes, I did. Yeah, go after yourself. Yeah, go after yourself. Yeah, like, Bob, okay. Bob, are you here? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, wow, man. So anyway. anyway, so it's like, uh, why would I learn this platform now that everyone else is leaving it? No. Exactly, yeah, and right. I've even stopped posting on there anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In any case, it's a wonderful Saturday afternoon. It's a little chilly, so I'm going to throw a sweater on. Yeah. But thank you, everybody. And as Norman and I always say, we, we got to find, find a better, better sign off. off. And we are, as the train goes, <laughs> and we are out. <laughs> Bye.